Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. I appreciate you taking the time on this Wednesday morning for listening to me, being a part of my show, being a part of the Ride or Die crew. I realized that this past weekend, we had an influx of people come through the door. And when I say come through the door, it's it's an analogy I use with our podcasters a lot. I always say that there are big events. Regular season is one of those events where a lot of times your show and, and your social media presence is kind of like a storefront. And if you can get them to come in the door, that's great. But can you get them to come back? Can you get them to keep coming back? Like that's the that's the big part of this thing. And so if you're someone that just found my show, you just started maybe following me on Twitter. Thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of my listeners. We value every single one of you, not just my show on Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, but also on the Steel Curtain Network. We hope that you will enjoy this pseudo-radio station of nothing but black and gold Steelers content every single day of the week, no matter what. So settle in if you're new to the the feed and listen to all the variety of voices, the variety it takes. I think you're going to like it. Today's show... For those that didn't follow me last season, I do this normally after every single game. I'm going to do it again this time with the NFL draft, and that is winners and losers. That's right. We're going to go and take a look at 10 winners and five losers after the 2023 NFL draft. Now, if you're wondering, well, Jeff, aren't you going to break down the draft, like the the players? Go back and listen to my show on Monday in case you missed it. I had Roy Countryman on. He's an he has scouting experience. Hey, he gave great insight into that that seven player draft class and what he thinks about them being everything from day one starters to contributors to maybe just making the practice squad. We went through all of it. Go check that out. But today. We're talking about winners and losers in the first half, and in the second half, we're diving into the mailbag. I knew it was going to be a big mailbag. Everyone's going to have questions about the draft, and you all did not disappoint, and so we'll dive headfirst into that, into the second half of the show. But first, the winners and losers. That's right, 10 winners and 5 losers after the NFL draft. This will all make sense, and I just want to make it clear for anyone out there that might be a little bit on the sensitive side, not that there's anything wrong with that. If I call someone a loser, it doesn't mean that they physically are are a loser. It just means that in this current situation, they might find themselves on the wrong end of that current situation. That's all I'm saying. But let's start with the winners. I'm going to start off with none other than Najee Harris. I mean, how can you not start with Najee Harris? And by the way, I'm not going to have any of these players that were selected as a winner or a loser. These These are kind of like the ripple effect of the players that were drafted. So I took a little bit of a different spin on it. Uh, you're not going to hear me talk about, you know, Herbig or Jones or Washington, just as a little caveat there. So Najee Harris is the first winner. How can Najee Harris not be absolutely ecstatic right now? I mean, when the team spends a first round pick on a monster left tackle, we're talking about a tackle that could be there for the next decade plus. Then they spend a third-round pick on a monster tight end. And not only is it a monster tight end and a huge left tackle, these are two guys that played college football together. 
They're familiar with each other. They're comfortable with each other. You can only imagine the smile on Najee Harris' face. It kind of would remind me of the Grinch. If you know the old Grinch movie when that smile goes up and it just seems like it never ends, that's got to be Najee Harris' face as he was watching the NFL draft this past weekend. If, if, if Harris watched college football at all last season, which I'm sure he did, or maybe he just caught some highlights of the Georgia Bulldogs running the football He's got to be happy with the investments that the organization, Omar Khan, Andy Weedle, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney II, that they have put into the offensive line, not just via the draft, but also when you think about Isaac Suamalo, Nate Herbig, they are adding players and bodies to that offensive line. They're adding competition. We'll talk about that more in a second. And by proxy, the running game. This is what we hope to see is a dominant running game with Najee Harris, he's got to be stoked. The next player, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, you know, everyone talks about the picket fence. You know, the picket fence, everyone would say last season was under construction, especially heading into the 2023 season. I mean, how can we forget James Daniels whiffing on blocks? Uh, Dan Moore looking more like a turnstile. Chooks core for not really understanding the concepts. They started to figure it out in the second half, but it was still under construction. I think most would agree with that. But to me, it's safe to say that I think the picket fence is nearing its completion as we head into these off-season workouts. Rookie minicamp's coming up in just over a week. You've got mandatory minicamp coming up in June. Yeah, and then, then pretty soon they'll be back at training camp. So when you think about the additions of Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington, Isaac Ciamalo, like I mentioned, and the other returning offensive linemen, Mason Cole, James Daniels, still mentioned Kevin Dotson, Dan Moore, Chooks Akora for And you have to be excited by the prospect of the offensive line giving Kenny Pickett the time to deliver those downfield passes that we all want to see. Not only are they creating, you know, this hopefully better picket fence, but they're also providing depth. And let's hope that Broderick Jones starts from day one. And let's say that Chuksakorafor holds his job at right tackle. Now Dan Moore is a swing tackle that has a ridiculous number of snaps under his belt. That's a good problem to have when you have a lot of players that are capable. Oh, and by the way, I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to complain about the Steelers adding a six foot seven inch target to the mix, especially in the red zone. So Kenny Pickett's got to be happy. He's a winner. The next winner is Matt Canada. Now I did a pseudo winners and losers after round one for my Friday podcast last week. Matt Canada was on that. I'm not going to add too much more to what I already said. He has every tool that he could ever want at his disposal. He did. He can't say, you know, think back to year one, calling the plays. I've got an aging quarterback, this isn't going to work, or I don't have the running backs, or I don't have the offensive line, or no, he's got it all. He's got the tight ends, he's got the receivers, he's got the backs, he's got the quarterback, and now he has the line. No more crutches, no more excuses. Matt Canada should be a winner because they've put together an offense, a roster that he should be able to have success. So that's a winner. I'll tell you another player who's a winner is Calvin Austin the third. Might not have thought about this, but you know, a lot of people heading into the draft, there were Steelers analysts, writers, podcasters. There were NFL analysts, writers, podcasters who thought that the Steelers should draft a wide receiver at some point during the three day process. Whether it was Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, they all were mentioned. And I believed that what the Steelers do did or didn't do would be telling with how they view Calvin Austin the third. 
I mean, we've got to remember, Calvin Austin didn't play a snap last year. So if they didn't think that he was going to be 100% healthy, if they didn't think that he was the player that they thought as a fourth-round draft pick in 2022, they would have signed a receiver, and they didn't. So the fact that the team didn't draft a receiver this year, it to me, it shows confidence that the organization has in Austin, in his health, heading into his second season. So yeah, Calvin Austin the third is actually a winner by doing nothing except for getting healthy and getting ready. And the next two players on the winner's list are actually in a similar situation. Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts. Just like Austin, you everyone's kind of wondering, like, are these guys going to be replaced by a draft pick? You know, whether it was a Jack Campbell or whether it was someone that's a little bit more dynamic. I, I'm trying to think of the uh, Clemson linebacker that went to the Ravens. The Steelers ended up not addressing the inside linebacker position. Now think back to last year. The, the Steelers go out and they sign Mitch Trubisky on the first day of the legal tampering period. And everyone's like, okay, they got their quarterback. Turns out it was just an insurance policy. Mitch Trubisky, he had to feel, though, at that time when he was signed that he got a new lease on an NFL life, a chance to be a starting quarterback. Then the Steelers get Kenny Pickett in round one, and then you had to think that Mitch Trubisky, whether he started the year or not, he had to kind of say, like, well, my time as a starter is probably limited. Those days are probably numbered. But unlike Trubisky, Holcomb and Roberts, they don't have the same result. There's not an inside linebacker drafted in the NFL draft. That should give them hope for 2023 and beyond. So sometimes the Steelers not making a move makes people winners. It was with Calvin Austin, and it also is with the two inside linebackers. Let's go to the next winner. Again, talked about him on Friday show, Pat Meyer. When you're a position coach, you know, I, I can only imagine a position coach that is, you know, banging his fist on the tables in the war room saying, we need to add to the line. We need to add to the line. Doesn't mean it always happens, but he's got two really nice pieces in Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington. So good to see. Hopefully he can kind of get them a little bit more polished. Has to be thrilled with the additions nonetheless. All right, next winner, secondary depth. Defensive secondary depth. You know, I was someone who openly complained about the lack of depth on the Steelers' defense, especially in the secondary, that, you know, it was across the board just bad, in my opinion. Well, after the draft, when you think about, they you know, they draft Joey Porter Jr., they get another cornerback in the seventh round, and they even pick up a free agent, Chandon Sullivan, on day three of the draft process as a free agent. Corey Trice Jr., my fault, was the Purdue cornerback in the seventh round. That certainly adds some depth across the board. Like, I'm not sold, though. I want to make this very clear. I'm not sold on either rookie being an immediate impact player for the Steelers, but the depth is there, and it creates competition. This depth now, I mean, you think about what it was heading into the draft. Are you leaning on Arthur Millette for a major role? Levi Wallace is a starting outside cornerback. I didn't. I wasn't comfortable with that, so when you bring in Trice, Porter Jr., Sullivan. Now, all of a sudden, we know Patrick Peterson's in the fold now, but now all of a sudden, you've actually developed some depth. I love it. I like the way they're trending. Next winner is Omar Khan and the front office. Look, we all loved what Khan had done after the 2022 draft when Kevin Colbert officially said, I'm done. He signed Larry Ogunjobi. We all were off. The Chase Claypool trade still blows my mind. His first full free agency period has been extremely active. And after his first draft, I think his tenure really got off to the right off the right foot. You know, you think about how 
I think the fan base in its entirety is really comfortable with Khan as the man in charge moving forward. We all kind of knew, okay, he's a number cruncher, made some good moves last year. Let's see how he does in free agency. A lot of people, I, I was one of them, loved the moves that he made in free agency. Next, you're like, okay, but he hasn't had a draft yet. We got to see what they do in the draft. I thought the draft was tremendous for Khan, for Weedle, for um, all those guys, Sheldon White, um, the whole scouting department, and the credit goes well, like I said, well beyond Khan, all the way down to his scouts and the entire front office. Phenomenal job. They're all winners, top notch. Let's go. We have two more winners. Next is positional competition. Yeah, I mentioned this briefly a little bit earlier, talking about the secondary. But when you look at what they've done throughout the offseason and on their roster, it's really impressive. Khan and Weedle, they've done a lot. They've added competition across the board. Think about just on the offensive line, offensive guard. You, know, you got Herbig, Siamalo, Daniels, Dotson. Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to start? You talk about tackle now, Broderick Jones, Dan Moore, Chooksakor for competition. I love it. I absolutely love it. They did it in the secondary, the defensive line. You get the picture. The name of the game is competition, and the Steelers did all of that and then some this offseason. So that's why I love the positional comp- competition that they're setting up. It's only going to make them better, and that's why it's a winner. Last one, a little bit of patience and a little bit of luck. You know, Mike Tomlin, and we all said it too after day one when the Steelers made the move to trade up to 14 with the New England Patriots to get Broderick Jones. They said, boy, he's aggressive. He's aggressive. After that move... Omar Khan was not aggressive. He wasn't. He was no, he was aggressive to an extent at that time, but after that, no. It was more patience and luck. You know, anyone who has studied the history of the Steelers from a draft perspective, if you've read our own Steel City Insider, Jim Wexel's On the Clock book, phenomenal read, highly recommend it. You know how luck plays into this thing. You can go back to the 74 draft probably the arguably the greatest draft class ever in NFL history four hall of famers in one class and it's riddled with these stories of scouts saying I know you want John Stallworth but we can wait he'll be there in the later rounds so they take Len Swan I know you want Stallworth in the second but he'll be there wait there's there's they they're it's a risk it's a risk and it's patience, and it's also a little bit of luck that no one else picks up this player. So when you think about someone like, okay, Darnell Washington's there at 80. They trade back to 93, and he's still there. I don't know about the medical issues. Maybe it's going to turn into a really bad situation. You know, Lord forbid it's like a Ladarius Green in terms of the fact that he's just never really healthy. Let's hope it's not that. But if it isn't and he's able to contribute, think about how lucky that is. Patience and luck. To me, that was the theme of the NFL draft for Omar Khan. All right, let's go to the losers. Not going to spend a ton of time here. Zach Gentry, he's the first loser. You know, some are suggesting the Steelers might keep four tight ends. Pat Fryermuth, Darnell Washington, Connor Hayward, and Zach Gentry. I'm not really buying that. You know, unless Washington isn't healthy, I think they keep three. And unfortunately, Gentry's the odd man out. Could they keep four? Yes. But I think Hayward, is he's the only guy on that that depth chart that is a solid special teams player, and that goes a long way to justifying your spot on game days. Gentry's going to have to prove his worth. Next is Dan Moore Jr. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was pumping up his tires on his podcast before the draft, 
but it didn't reverberate in the Steelers' front office. The signing of Broderick Jones is the beginning of the end for Mort left tackle. It might happen on day one. It might happen in week 10, but it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And so that's when the next player who's a loser on the list comes in. Chooks a core for. When Moore's replaced at left tackle, whenever that is, It'll signify an open competition at right tackle. A core four might have been sitting there watching the draft thinking, well, that's Moore's replacement, not mine. In theory, he's right. But in reality, it might mean that Moore is coming for his job. If you think about it, Moore is actually built to be a right tackle. A core four is more of like a left tackle build. Either way, it's all about competition. Mentioned that in the winner's list. May the best man win. I think that competition is going to be a training camp for the right tackle spot. I think Broderick Jones is going to lock it up pretty early. Next, Derek Watt. You know, the Steelers signing the players that they did, including the undrafted free agents. That included a fullback with one beautiful mullet. Watt's price tag might be too high for the Steelers that they're not willing to pay it for really just a special teams guy. Hate to say it, but the writing could be on the wall that while the Steelers added a brother set of brothers with the Herbigs, they might be losing one with Derek Watt. I think it might be the final games of his Steelers tenure are behind him. The last loser, Akello Witherspoon. You think about the newly signed defensive backs, Witherspoon's cap hit, It could be that his time in Pittsburgh, too, is coming to an end. You know, Witherspoon might still be in the team's plans. I just don't see it. I could see them cutting Witherspoon, and if they want to add a veteran, maybe try and re-sign William Jackson III if he's healthy and on a dirt cheap deal. It's possible. They could easily say, see ya, Kello, call up William Jackson III, hey, we want to bring you in on a veteran minimum deal, Prove yourself worthy, and then we'll talk about an extended deal next year, whether it's with other, us or maybe it'll be someone else in free agency. I can see that happening, but unfortunately for Akella Witherspoon, I see him being gone after this season. So there you have it, 10 winners, 5 losers after the NFL draft. When we come back after this break, we're going to dive into the mailbag. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. fans it is time in case you don't know in case you're new to the program how do you get your question answered on the mailbag segment it's easy every tuesday morning i put a tweet out there that says hey i'm looking for questions i normally put a funny gif whether it's like this time it was the office uh sometimes it's some of my favorite movies you respond i answer them live on the show it's that simple let's get started steelers nation australia marky d Said if if a Matt Canada jet sweep is run and gains fifty yards, however the TV network turns off by accident, did it ever really happen? Boy, what a philosophical question that is. If a tree falls in the wood woods and no one's there to see or hear it, did it ever happen? We'll never know. Tyler W asked last year, you wore the skull cap. It's actually a shiesty hood, but whatever. In honor of George Pickens this year, will you wear a mullet wig in honor of Monty? pot bomb that's the guy with that beautiful mullet the fullback i was talking about i'll tell you what if monty monty the mullet makes the 53 man roster i will buy myself a mullet and i'll wear it uh i'll wear it on thursday's preview shows for at least for at least the first half of the season maybe longer if they're streaking i'm a, I'm a superstitious guy so if he makes the 53 
Got to make the 53. Good question. Ant Smith asks, what's the name for Darnell Washington after every catch that's normally given by the home crowd every tight, for every tight end? So you think about Heath and Muth. I thought about this. I saw this question come through. It's a great question. And I know the nicknames have already been coming in, like Agent Zero, because he wants to wear number zero. Uh, you talk about the uh, Mount Washington is the most popular. I think just I, I think this guy's a beast. So I would just yell beast. Like that's exactly what I was a beast. It sounds like Heath. It's similar to Muth. Tight ends. It works. Let's do it. Tank says, what with the draft over and the Steelers won the draft, how anxious are you for opening games? I'm really excited for opening games. I, I really am. Like I've, I was watching some of these videos about Joey Porter Jr. on like the, hey, welcome to the NFL stuff. Like it's so good. You get so pumped up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Tank also asked, since the 05 Super Bowl let Joey Porter Jr. hold the trophy, does this mean in three years Troy Sun, that also touched it, will get to become a Steeler as well? I'm sure that baby knows more than Jordan Dangerfield did. Is is Troy's kid that old already? I honestly don't know this. He he didn't seem that old when he got into the Hall of Fame. I think it was two summers ago. He wouldn't be three years, really? Gosh, I'm getting old. Stop it. This is making me feel old. All right, next. Uh, last question for now, unless I get another one around 3 p.m. with P2 coaching. That's Patrick Peterson. Coaching Joey Porter Jr. and Trice Jr. Do you think we could possibly have our defensive back room one and two for the next eight to ten years? Both corners love to hit. Hands hands just a bit Lima sweetie. Look, you're a defensive back. My brother and I always say the same thing. If they could catch, they'd be a wide receiver. I think they could. I'm not. Trice is that guy. He's a seventh round draft pick, folks. Like I know that some people had a third and fourth round grade on him, and that's great. Let's temper our expectations. You expect Joey Porter Jr. to be there for the next eight to ten, if not longer. If Trice is there, awesome. If he's not, it was a seventh round draft pick. Keep that in mind. All right. Last one. Sorry, Jeff, I thought of another, and it's way before three with the Steelers not drafting a wideout. Does this look better for CA3, or does the return specialist that was undrafted come in looking to turn him into this generation, Senquez Golson? I, I think it's good news. I, and I talked about him in the winners and losers segment. I think it's good news for Calvin Austin III. Calvin Austin III, in my opinion, was never meant to just be a return guy. He was a slot option, speedster, take the top off the defense, and he can still do that. Bartholomew Grapp says, do you think the picks made in the first four rounds will play this year at some point? Okay, the first four rounds. So we're talking Broderick Jones, yes. Uh, we're talking in the second round, Joey Porter Jr., yes. Darnell Washington, third round, yes. Keanu Benton, other second round pick, yes. Nick Herbig, yes, just special teams. Yes, I think they will. Paul Orlando's is ride or die crew forever. I know Nick Herbig won't play a bunch, but where do you think he will get most snaps inside linebacker or outside linebacker slash slash edge, which is he best suited for in our Steelers scheme? I'll tell you what I could think he could do from the get go in the Steelers scheme. And this is something that I talked about, or Jeffrey Benedict actually talked about is that the Steelers like to run that sub package. We've seen it before where TJ Watt is actually looking like an inside linebacker. They don't want TJ Watt at inside linebacker. They have him there because his skill set fits what they want in that player. If you can keep him on the edge, him being TJ Watt, and put Nick Herbig into that position on the inside, only in some sub packages, I think he could handle that. He might be a rotational guy, but I don't see him having a huge role in the defense as a rookie year. 
I missed this one from Tank. How would you feel if JPZ Jr. wore five to show love for his dad? Ike Taylor went on uh, Dave Damashek's podcast and said that he's going to, and he had Ike Taylor on. And Ike Taylor said that Joey Porter Jr. told his dad he's going to wear 24 for quote unquote Uncle Ike. So maybe he's wearing 24. We'll see. Corey Eckenroth asked a couple questions. Favorite pick of the draft and the favorite moment. My favorite pick of the draft is actually uh, Darnell Washington. I just thought that Darnell Washington was not supposed to be there at 93, yet he was. My favorite moment of the draft, um, I, I do. I, I actually thought that the move to trade up was phenomenal I, the, in the first round. It, just, it was a great move. You knew the Jets were going to take a tackle. You wanted that tackle. You went and got him. That was my favorite moment. Next one from Corey. May need some help with this one from Roy or Coach Smith. NFL comps for the Steelers' first five picks. You know, I'm going to ask uh, Jeremy Jerome Betts to take a look into this. He did a comp article for the website uh, before the draft. I want to have him do that comp article now after the draft. I'll get him on that ASAP. Next, let's go Eric ask you, who are you more excited to watch this year, Broderick, PZ Jr., or Washington? Also, how fun has it been watching the Buckos this season? So I'm excited to watch all three of those players. I'm not going to lie. Broderick Jones, I think, will have the biggest role. PZ Jr. is going to play a lot. Uh, but Washington, like, my gosh, I'm excited to see him too. As, as much as I am excited to watch the Pittsburgh Pirates, I can't believe it. They won 20 games in the month of April. It took them to the end of May last year to win 20 games. I'm excited. I'm here for it. I still love baseball. Brian Haynes asked a couple. 14 new faces at seven drafted, seven undrafted. How many make the initial 53? I'm going to say only... Six, only six make the initial 53-man roster of all the 14, and that would be the first six picks in the draft. Next from Brian, given the aggressiveness of Khan this offseason, do you think Colbert was the timid one in the front office in the past, or has culture just changed that much? It might be a culmination of both. It might be one of those situations where you have Kevin Colbert might have had situations where he wanted to be aggressive, but he got talked out of it. And maybe now they see like, this is just the way things are going. I don't know. And I'm not about to try to draw any drastic conclusions, but for me, I'm just going to say that given the aggressiveness of Khan, that that's just his style. Jackson asked, now that the draft is complete, what position do you see the con artist still addressing through free agency? I would have to go with outside linebacker, edge rusher, someone that could be a rotational piece. That's my guess. Heath Davis asked several questions. He said, El Jefe, based on your guys' coverage of the draft, where do Brian Anthony Davis and Omar Khan go on their first date? Well, knowing Brian as well as I do, it's probably Arby's. I just, hey, sorry, Brian. That's probably where you're going to go. Heath also has nicknames for our rookies from Khan, not me, I swear. Okay, now, Keith, he had a a nickname for Kenny Pickett. I'm not even going to say it on the air, but here we go. So Broderick Jones is Brickwall Jones. All right, not bad. Uh, JPJ is Stay Away JPJ. Mm, okay. Uh, Keon New Keon No Yards on first. Eh. Ah hell Darnell. Okay, Nick the Brick. I like that. I actually like Nick. If you were an old school wrestling guy back in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, you remember the Nasty Boys because they said that they call him Nasty Nate. I'm sure Nick, Nate, Nasty Boys. I kind of like that myself. 
the CT scan, Mr. Anderson, Bird Dog, the Pot Shot, Tanner. I hardly <laughs> Tanner. I hardly know her. <laughs> good one. That's a good one. Uh, Short Stack Shack, Monty Python, the other Bulldog. Good stuff, Nick. Thank you very much. Heath also asked two years ago, I asked you to do an episode on what it takes to build a dynasty offensive line. Like you always hear about with teams like the Cowboys and why the Steelers have struggled to build one. Do you think Omar Khan has us on our way to that right now? I honestly do. When you think about how they're building it, it's not just Khan. It's also Weedle and it's the whole front office. They've done a great job and I do think they're on their way. Next from Heath, Cole Holcomb and Monty Potbaum are about to have us in mullet World War III when training camp comes and they do backs on backers. It has me thinking about iconic Steelers hairstyles. In your opinion, was Kiesel's beard or Palomalu's hair more iconic? Are you serious? It's Palomalu's hair, man. Everybody knew him from the hair. Like, it's got to be the hair. M. Dibs, 24, since the draft is over, are there any free agents you'd like to see brought in? Again, I'm not sure who's available still. I'll have to do that article for the site. But ultimately, I'm looking at edge. I want to see a pass rusher. That's what I want to see. And maybe like Roy Countryman said on Monday, they're looking for the XFL guys. Maybe that's an answer too. I don't know. Doc M, Southside Docs, is with Khan in the lead. Describe the organizational changes in acquiring and developing talent. How would you evaluate its effectiveness compared to the Colbert era, and how long would you need to wait to form a comparison? So when you're talking about changes in acquiring and developing talent, it's going to take time. I think that when you evaluate its effectiveness, it's about overall competitive, the the competition level, not just within your own roster, but against the top teams in the NFL. So think back to last season. Who were the biggest games in terms of the best teams that the Steelers played? Arguably, the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles, and they got freaking shellacked in both. So for me, I want to see is are the changes that Khan made. We're talking about the, the players that he brought in this offseason, the, the players that he drafted. How are they contributing? You can see that right away, but in terms of the long term with the draft picks and things of like of that nature, you're going to have to take some time. Nathan Vance likes it. Hey, Jeff, I'm sure you've shared your opinion on how you feel about all our draft picks. I'm totally satisfied with who the Steelers got. Me too, Nathan. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for using the Ride or Die Crew hashtag. Diego Fernandez said Khan's first draft got an A grade from basically all media. How much Colbert's conservative approach held us back? How much did Colbert's conservative approach hold us back in previous drafts. Do you feel the evaluation process changed under Khan, or is it more aggressive approach? Cheers. Like, well, I kind of talked about this in the first half. I do think that Khan knows when to be aggressive and then also when to play it safe and be patient. That's a tough thing to learn, and some people just have to do that with feel. If he has that natural ability, that innate ability to do that, that's phenomenal. I agree with the A grade. I was very happy with this draft class. Vinny said, okay, so you can't help but feel like the last three drafts or so have went perfect for the Steelers. They needed a running back. Nobody selected running backs. They uh, needed a quarterback, and they had their choice of quarterbacks last year. And now we nail this draft. Do you feel like this is the start of another championship roster? Well, I've said that the two to three year window, the two to three year rebuild, you know, this is entering year two. And I did say that. If you look at it, once we get through the draft, could this be speeding up the process? I'm going to have to do a podcast on that. And before, you know, after OTAs in the summer, is the rebuild, has it been accelerated? 
that's going to be a fun one to do. Make sure you're on the lookout for that. Todd Hall said depth at inside linebacker is still a concern. Where do the Steelers go to address the situation? Experience free agents like Miles Jack, if he would ever want to come back, or sign undrafted free agents and hope for the best. Yeah, he could bring Miles Jack back. I don't know if he's going to come back. That kind of reeks of Vince Williams when Vince Williams retired and stepped away. Um, for me, I'm going to go with but a lot of this depends on how they're going to use Nick Herbig. It also depends on their trust in Cole Holcomb being healthy. It also depends on how they view Mark Robinson. No one's talking about Mark Robinson when it comes to the inside linebackers. If they really like where he's trending and he's going, maybe they don't feel the need like we all think they do. Last question from Tyler. Hey, Jeff, I know you said two to three years before this team is a contender again. After the draft, I honestly feel like this team has the 2021 Bengals feel, like they could come out of nowhere and shock the world. How realistic do you think that is, and what are your expectations now? I, I Again, I'm going to say the same thing I said to Vinny. I need to evaluate this a little bit more. I need to think about this a little bit more. I'll do a whole podcast on the overall expectation level of the Steelers, whether the overarching rebuild is on track or maybe ahead of schedule. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you to all the ride or die crew who submitted some questions. I do appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this Friday show with Jeremy Jerome Betts. And so we got some good stuff coming up next week. I know I'm going to have Dave Schofield on to do a way too early 53-man roster prediction. That'll be coming up in the coming shows. So stay tuned to the Steel Curtain Network wherever you find your podcasts. Make sure you follow us on all social channels, Instagram, even TikTok, Facebook, uh, wherever you get your social media or Instagram or podcast, just search Steel Curtain Network and follow us there because you don't want to miss a thing. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. All right, folks, that does it for me. You know how we finish this out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.